raising money for health charities while looking after the elite end of the game. We hear at length from WIU Performance Director Ryan Jones in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Ryan's been making quite an impact with a series of challenges raising money for health charities. This weekend, he's attempting his biggest challenge yet. How his own playing career helped prepare him. What effect is the current lockdown having on the elite end of the game? And how does he look back on this season's Six Nations for men and women? A chance to hear from one of the top men in Welsh rugby. Ryan, the obvious place to start is just how things have been the last few weeks, and you've been pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting few weeks, as it as I'm sure it has been for for many in light of the situation. And um, like many, I've sort of probably struggled a little a little with the with the isolation element of it. You know, for those of for those of people who do know me, I'm pretty out outward going, and you know, I, I do like being in and around, particularly a work environment, and out and about in the, in the fresh air, doing a variety of different things. So the whole confinement thing has been has been challenging, should we say? But yeah, there's been certain upsides to it as well. You know, I've, I've enjoyed the the relative slowdown in pace, as in we're not rushing here, there, and everywhere. We're not spending so much time in the car, so that's that's come as a sort of welcome relief, if nothing else. But um, yeah, personally, I've tried to fill my time with with lots of different things. I'm not a big one for for DIY and. I'm mulling around the place. Um, so what with work and three children and and the like, it's been it's been a busy few weeks. But that that, that wasn't quite enough. Um, about three weeks ago, I was sat, sat there having having lunch, looking out of the garden as, as, as you sort of do with the sun shining. And for some bizarre reason, I can't. I must have seen something online or social media somewhere. I was looking at the garden, wondering how many uh, how many up and downs it would be to run a marathon. And I sort of crudely worked it out at 704 lengths, and then I, I thought, well, what about having a good go, you know? And it, I think it was I think it was more born out of the fact that history tells us that you know during tough periods we often see the best in people as well, and despite how sad and tough it is, and you know how awful this scenario we're faced with is for for everyone involved, you know to see that that indomitable you know human spirit come through in our frontline workers and stuff is just something that you know I personally find sort of really inspiring you know that people are prepared to go you know way above and beyond and put you know to the extent of putting their own health and well-being and that of their loved ones and and the like to almost to one side really as they as they go about their business caring for others you know and that was you know, I just think I just think that's incredible you know um it made it made me think that there's got to be something that that I could do to help, you know, I probably always felt inadequate to a certain extent that, you know, here I was just sat in the house really not feeling like I'm not really contributing and, you know, then it was reading around some of the various things that our local NHS board were, were struggling for funds for and and the like and I thought, well, maybe my little profile I've got left and, you know, the interest of doing something a bit daft and a bit different might, might A, raise a profile, B, might sort of raise some money and see keep keep me out of trouble for a few hours so put the, put the three together <laughs> and put the three together and I came up with my first challenge which was Ryan's Garden Marathon which which was great you know raised almost £9,000 which people's generosity has blown me away as well so that was that was the start but 
I really enjoyed it. Um, people seem to have enjoyed it. I've inspired, you know, I like to think I've inspired a few others to go on and do their own little thing. And then it was a question of what was next. So that's how that's how the the, the weeks have unfolded. And it's fair to say that it has captured the imagination of an awful lot of people. That must have been quite nice at the beginning. You must have thought, well, you know, am I just doing this for myself? But it it has taken off. Yeah, it, it has. You know, the amount of people who've you know, message. You know, firstly, to everyone who's donated, right, I'm blown away by the, the generosity. You know, when people are experiencing tough personal and professional time, we still have this incredible ability to come through. So the generosity has blown me away, far exceeded anything I thought I would would raise. Now, but on top of that, all the messages and stuff I've had have just been incredible as well. And you know, a lady knocked at the door during the marathon and from from the local village. I don't, I don't know her. I don't live in a, a big community, but I didn't know the lady. And she said she was a nurse from from the local hospital, and she just wanted to say thanks for for what I was doing, for thinking of them, raising the profile, and helping to raise some funds. And sort of with that, she she left, and that was that. But you know, it was it's moments like that that have really stood out. I've had an awful lot of friends and people I don't know who've sort of joined joined in all the challenges I've done because you know I've done, I've done three now of to date and you know they've gone on and done their own and they've they spread that message far and wide so you know, I'm a big believer in most of the limitations we have in life we put on ourselves you know just most people will poo poo running a marathon or even the thought of doing it in their garden they can't do that well you can you just have to have a, a sort of can do attitude it might not look and feel and be as quick as you normally would or whatever but we're all, you know i'm a big believer and we're all capable of so much more you know um we only utilize a small percentage of, of what our real potential is so when someone knocks on the door and says thank you that must make the whole thing feel worthwhile the effort is worthwhile well that was the end of it then one day i couldn't stop there after that so um so that lady's got a lot to answer for but um no yeah <laughs> It did, you know. Well, I didn't. I didn't do it for. I haven't done any of this for recognition or thanks or anything like that, really. But for her to go out of her way and, and do that was was just was just magic, you know. So it sort of in, it inspired me and spurred me on, really, to to say, what more can I do, or how much more can I do, or what else can I do? And you know, we've ended up with uh, the week after the set week two. Then, so um, we did a hundred people rode a hundred mile. Um, raised a minimum of a hundred pound each on turbo trainers or static bikes, and we had a whole host of people doing that from new new to cycling right through to experienced cyclists. You know, we were all linked up digitally as we are in this new age, and the likes of Garen Thomas and Will Greenwood, Dave Flatman, Rob Anderson, Sophie Evans, some other staff, all all came in to spare everyone on and say thank you and good luck and, and all that so we had an awful lot of fun with that we raised an incredible amount of money just almost 38,000 with with that event which was which was just incredible last week then we did um Ryan's walk a mile in their shoes um again I was sort of inspired really by the the sheer distance that nurses walk during a 12-hour shift it was yeah I was I was just reading it one day, and what they go through to, to care for others. I thought, well, you know, if if I could do a do something by tapping into a new audience, so we did a fancy dress 
well, I, I did a fancy dress walk, everyone else didn't, but uh, my dress was a lion, I walked around the streets and uh, for, for a mile I had friends and family did it with, with their, in their gardens, on balconies, in their living rooms and raised some money with that. So, you know, we're up to a sort of grand total of 47,000 over, over three weeks, which again is just, just incredible really, it far exceeds anything that I'd ever hoped we would do. It's not quite Colonel Tom, but um, we can only hope and, and do our bit. And we're going to be in this situation for a few weeks yet, so what else have you got planned? Well, I've got this weekend planned, which is going to be my biggest and toughest challenge ever, actually. So I've sort of committed to attempting to run 100 miles on a treadmill in my kitchen, starting on Friday at 1 o'clock. So I'm desperately trying to take that total over 50,000 you know I'd, I'd love to I'd love to see it go break that um, barrier this weekend so yeah Friday 1 at 1 p.m. Um, I'm going to start my my journey to to run a run a hundred mile so it would be an amazing personal achievement I've got no idea whether I will complete it it frightens the life out of me I think the sheer magnitude of it is really dawning on me now as it's getting closer I haven't felt like this since um played in a Grand Slam test match or faced the, faced the All Blacks but I'm pretty pretty nervous and pretty pretty anxious about it now and I just want Friday to come and I want to get stuck into it but you know again if I've done it because it's going to stretch me I've got no idea where I put it I want to I show as well that it's, it's not about getting other people to try and do something as extreme but it's just go, go to the upper end of your limits think differently you know who runs 100 miles in the kitchen? Well, I, I, I will have. I, I will have. Um, and, and why not? You know, there's there's no there's no reason why not to have a go. Failing doesn't scare me. You know, um, not not giving it my best and my body let me down does. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I was going to ask. You mentioned obviously going back to your playing career, but how does something like that, what you've done already, and what you're planning this weekend, how does that compare to? You know the training as a Wales international and stuff like that. Well, it, again, due to the nature of this, I haven't done too much prep. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not conditioned for it. Being a sort of forty-year-old ex-international sportsman with a bucket load of um, or a long rap sheet of injuries and, and ailments and stuff, it's not, it's not the greatest foundation to to go into sort of ultra endurance events. But um, you know, it, it is, a, it is a passion of mine. I think my sporting career probably has taught me to understand my body so I understand what it takes for it to perform you know I understand the process and prep for events like this so there's a you know a fair amount of thought has gone into sort of how I'm going to go about tackling it what you know the kit and how I'm going to feed you know how I'm going to fuel and and keep hydrated and stuff so I've sort of got that bit pretty covered the rest of it then is just around one step in front of another for 100 mile mate you know and we'll, we'll get there eventually and that's a an inner strength if you like a, a mindset that an awful lot of sports people and non-sports people have you know it's just having the ability to tap into it really and utilizing it i suppose the one benefit of doing 100 miles in your kitchen is that you're always close to a water stop yeah well there's a there's a couple of there are a couple of upsides the toilets are clean and tidy which is nice which you don't usually get at these events um i certainly won't be that far away from the fridge either which is obviously another positive and like you say there's um with a bit of luck there'll be there's water on tap and there'll be some good stuff on the telly so it's not all bad 
and I'm sure you'll smash through that fifty thousand barrier. But do you have a do you have a target of how much you'd you'd hope to raise and and an idea of how long it'll take you? Well, I, I, I've set a, set a target of, of, of three thousand pounds. Know, that really would spur me on and get me through get me through that fifty. And, you know, that's my that's my goal. And you know, I, the just giving pages on the link to all my social media, which is Ryan Jones online on Instagram and Twitter. You know, if if you are able to support, that would be huge. Or even just drop me a drop me a message, and you know, whether you think I'll do it or not, or as a lot of people have said, you've got no chance of finishing it, which is fine as well. <laughs> That's no different than my playing career either. But with regards to time, I'm going to have a go at doing it as quick as I possibly can in, in sort of, say, in one go. You know, there'll obviously be some stops and breaks in there for for toilet stops and various other things, drinks and food and, and all that. But I, my intention is to to stop when I when I cross that 100, 100 mile mark. Is there a moment back in your playing career that you you're drawn where you know things were particularly difficult or something happened? Is there a particular time you'll think, I got through that, I can get through this? Um, there's probably a couple of things I you know I, I inadvertently draw, draw on. I think one is one is the fact I was one actually that good at rugby rugby makes you know I was I, thought I was never the most gifted. I was never the fittest, the fastest, the strongest or anything. I was just able to find a way to compete you know and I always give it I always give it my best you know and I give 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 everything I've got you know no matter what jersey I wore and I think that's something that I certainly tried to bring to all the events I do I intend to do and I've I've done you know and that's something that I try and sort of instill in the kids and hopefully that's hopefully that's good enough um you know the second one for me is I've you know I had a, an awful lot of injuries over the years and some pretty pretty bad ones and in the grand scheme of it I you know I was told to retire quite early on in my career in 2007 after my second shoulder op I I, I didn't and obviously was very fortunate enough to go, to go on and, and have a very very lucky and wonderful career you know which I wouldn't swap for the world but you know it was the injury that brought it all to an end in 2015 some eight years later but you know what that episode taught me was that if there's a will, there's a way. You know, I, I didn't want to give up. The body's a one, you know, real. It really is a wonderful, wonderful machine. And if you look after it and you you mentally tough enough and you find a way, it it won't let you down. You know, your mind will often give up long before your body ever will. You know, so th- those two things really are the are the things I I draw upon. As I said, I'm still not. You know, I'm still 17 stone and I'm still six or five. I'm not. I don't have the frame for <laughs> ultra endurance events. But, you know, I think I've got something in me that, you know, won't, won't give up. 2007, you'd already achieved a bit. But when you look back at what you achieved after 2007, that was obviously a good decision. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm, a, I was a, I'm a slave to my generation. I was very fortunate. I played in and with some of the in some of the teams and with some of the best players Wales have arguably ever seen, you know. Um, and there's far better players than me that possibly didn't have the acc- earn the accolades and medals and trophies and you know have the careers that you know I possibly possibly had but again I, I don't I don't regret a minute of it you know would I give it all up to do it all over again yeah of course I would you know I desperately miss I desperately miss playing you know I'm, I'm not not so much the actual 18 minutes of playing um not necessarily you know people tell stories of camaraderie and all that not so much that either it's you know, I miss the, I miss the emotion of it. I miss, 
I miss winning, I miss losing, you know, I miss the atmosphere, I miss the circus around the match there. I miss feeling anxious, I miss I miss the little thing, I miss miss lying awake at nights after a game, rerunning it over and over again because yeah, I miss the I miss the sheer jubilation on winning and winning big. I miss all my senses being on fire walking down the tunnel first as as Wales skipper out into the best rugby stadium in the world in front of 74,000 fans, you know, and they're, they're things that, for me, that's living, you know, so I've, I know what it's like to experience that, and I, you know, it, it's something that lives with you lot long, you know. So, the day job, away from the, the raising uh-huh. money side of it, and away from your former playing career, but does that involvement with the elite end of Welsh rugby, does that replace a little bit of playing? Uh, it's probably a double-edged sword, if I'm honest, um, is an element of it. I obviously I work in an industry that that I'm incredibly passionate about. I do love pro sport environment, and I love the organisation within which I work. You know, I, it is littered with great people doing what they love. You know, um, given all a whole raft of circumstances. You know, it's it's a really good place to to go to work, and and I and I thoroughly enjoy thoroughly enjoy my what I do. Of course, it's got its challenges, and people have got their perceptions and all that, and and that's okay. The flip side of that is it can be cruel at times as well, you know, because I am a huge fan of of Welsh rugby and the, and, the, and the people within it right now. Yeah, I've worn you know worn the other. I've seen the other side of it, you know. So you when you're within touching distance of of that experience, you know that that said and done. You know, I'm really comfortable as well. That you know, my my time is is done. You know, it's come and gone, and that's it. I was, you know, you're 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 a moment in moment in time, and uh, and it's it's other people's time now. And the game's different. You know, the world's different. Everything that surrounds the game is evolving rapidly. It's faced with a whole raft of a raft of challenges that you know some we know about, some we don't, some are around the corner, some we've we've been through. So it's. That's the that's the if you like the the, the dynamism of, of pro sport now. And is this period at the moment in in your role at the elite end? Is this a as obviously an unforeseen period? But is this a a particularly difficult period? We're looking at player development. We're looking at the, the next World Cup, the World Cup after that. But everything's on hold. How how does this period sort of work from your point of view? Probably lots of there. I suppose the the big one is the the uncertainty of it, which is what, what everyone in society is experiencing. So as of yet, we, you're, best, you're best guessing, if you like, all the time, you know. So we don't know what return to work, return to play, what legislation, social, what, what rules and regs are going to be in place. Uh, we don't know what global travel is going to look like. We don't know what the domestic travel is going to look like. We so don't know what major events are going to look like. So there's an awful lot of unknown, undoubtedly, Society, sport, and sport within that will will look and feel differently. Certainly in the in, in the initial throes of when we come out of this, and we just got to be in the best possible position we can to sort of adapt and be ready to go with that. You know, it's going to come with, with 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 changes, and what those changes are, we'll we'll find out in the in the, in the coming months. No Junior World Rugby Championship, obviously. The under-18s event in South Africa, where Wales have got a very good record, not not happening this year. Is, are all these things, are they going to cause difficulties down the line? Or what can you put in place to make sure that player development sort of goes on regardless? Because for these players, that's 
that's a one-off opportunity in their development. Yeah, so you would competition and sort of pitting, pitting, stretching, stretching the the level of competition within which guys play is, is undoubtedly a, a key part of their developmental process. Um, we're no different to any other uh, rugby union in the world either. So everyone else is going through this as, as well. So undoubtedly, there's going to be opportunities going forward for us to to look at interventions and think, put things in place that don't replace those, but will go some way to sort of service what we what we need for for those players. On the softer side of it, you know, they're fantastic experiences for those young men as well. You know, so to get out of get out of the UK themselves against some of the best players in, in the world at their, in their age group you know comes with confidence and take an awful lot of learnings from it but you know it's it's the same with senior men it's the same with with our women's programs so we're going to have to look certainly in this initial period when all this comes to, to a modified program whether it be developmental or whether it be elite competition and just in terms of that elite end, that senior men's end, obviously the, the Six Nations wasn't finished, so I don't suppose you'd have been able to do detailed reviews and stuff like that into it. But how much is that senior end, from a public point of view, a lot of people see that as, almost as the be-all and end-all? That's the flagship, if you like, isn't it? You know, that's what, rightly or wrongly, you know, has been, you know, so there's there's, there's no doubt in in that. So... Unfortunately, the Six Nations didn't, well, hasn't yet concluded. So, obviously, looking, running various scenarios, scenarios on that. And again, it would be keen to get back to some, some element of normality. Although, you know, albeit it might not look and feel like it, like it used to. But, you know, the intention is to get because what we will remember as well is, historic sports great for for society and community as well. You know, it's often one of the later things to be shut down and is often one of the earliest things to come out you know of times of hardship because i think what what we might see at the end of it is people craving that authenticity of sport along with what song and poetry and writing and uh, and the arts sports is one of the one of the age-old entertainment industries isn't it you know so i think there'll be a i think there'll be an appetite for for people to certainly go back to or engage with with sport in general and and hopefully rugby as well. So, you know, we'll be keen to get up and running. Obviously, there's a player welfare issue in in all that as well because the guys have been in a in an extended period of downtime now as of our of our ladies. So we're we're really mindful on how long it will take to get our athletes back up to speed, as it were, um, and conditioned because you can't just go straight back into into competition. So we, you know that that'll play a factor. So there's an awful lot of sort of moving pieces right now so presumably no one's saying right let's come back with the Wales Scotland game as the first event back there's got to be a process before we see the Wales team back in action yeah I'd imagine so and there's there's a awful lot lots of factors to, to play into into that over the over the coming months and obviously with all those discussions going on is the lack of certainty the biggest problem it's the one thing in, in those discussions you can't cater for. There is no date, is there, that you can work back from. So until we get some further clarity on what that looks like, there's an awful lot of planning and scenario planning and, and prepping that, that's gone on. So what that looks like, we'll, we'll be in a position to sort of adapt and, and go pretty quick with, with, with however we come out of it. And obviously not possible to go into 
too much detail perhaps because the Six Nations didn't finish. Those detailed reviews won't have happened. But overall, when you look back at what we had of the season, where do you put the men's and women's games? How do you assess the position that we're in? Well, I think, I think both were in a, in a period of transition. Obviously, you know, you, when a national team takes takes a field, you know you 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 want to win every single game, don't you? You know, um, but the women are building building through a what was what was a, a longer term plan into into their rugby world cup next next year, trying to build some strength in depth from a from a playing point of view, a leadership point of view, trying to establish a conditioning base which would you know would serve as some for a sevens program that that's coming. That was there. But obviously, we've got a, got a change. Wayne and his team's first first Six Nations campaign. You know, there's an awful lot of learning adaptation for them. There's new players in there, so there's a peer transition. Try, try, trying to play, trying to play a different a different way, slightly a, a different a different game, if you like, building on an awful lot of what Wayne and his team talked around is, is, is adding value. You know, about how adapting and evolving what is in place and on all the good to take the game in a slightly slightly different direction i think we i think we saw that you know um so there's some certainly a fair few positives in there and a lot of which is being reviewed you know, one thing this period does allow is is more thinking time more reviewing time more uh, analysis time which which sometimes sport isn't isn't always allowed because you you know you're very much into that it's that next game isn't it that next game mentality that next When's, what's the next challenge, next competition? Whereas, you know, this certainly provided an opportunity for that now going into what is going to be the next competition block. Well, Ryan, thanks very much for that. Very interesting to hear. The obvious place just to finish with is for people who are interested in what you're up to this weekend and would like to donate to a very good cause. Just a reminder of how they do that. Yeah, so this Friday, starting at 1pm, I'm going to attempt to run a 100 mile on a, on a treadmill in my kitchen. I would desperately love your support, whether it's just messaging or if you are in a position to make a small donation, that'd be great. And I've got a Just Giving page um, and it's all linked to my social media, which is Ryan Jones Online for Twitter and it's Ryan P. Jones Online at Instagram. The link is in, in the bio and it's um, Ryan's Treadmill 100. So thanks ever so much for just taking the time to, to listen please stay safe and uh, look forward to seeing and hearing from you all soon great well good luck with it this weekend and, and into next week and uh, yeah stay safe thanks Ryan thanks a lot thanks a lot mate WIU Performance Director Ryan Jones a great chance to hear at length from him and best of luck to him this weekend that really is going to be quite a challenge so keep listening next week to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast as we give you the chance to hear much more from the top people in Welsh Rugby. But until then, goodbye.